0: Production. Hey everyone, I'm Madeline Palmer and welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. Paris, the city of love, the fashion capital of the world and the home to the iconic Eiffel Tower, has a problem. Bedbugs. Yep, the city has been infested with bedbugs, a tiny insect that burrows its way into bed linen, furniture, carpets and rugs and bites. It's like something out of a horror movie, going to sleep in your bed, only to be woken up by hundreds of creepy crawlies having a field day all over your skin. The problem is it's not just limited to hotel and motel rooms. According to residents, they're all over movie theatre seats, buses, trains and tram seats, basically anywhere that provides a comfy spot. In this episode, we take a deep dive into exactly what's being done to eliminate the infestation, especially with the 2024 Summer Olympics coming up. That's set to see 500,000 tourists flood the city. Here's Paris Deputy Mayor Emmanuel Grégoire talking earlier today. The bed bugs don't stop at the Ring Road, and so we all need to work together, territorial communities and the state, to put in place a coordinated plan. We must understand that in fact no one is safe in reality. Obviously, there are risk factors, but in reality, you could get bed bugs anywhere. But above all, the objective is to put a plan in place. We have a plan against bed bugs. Professor Dita hokulai is an insect expert at the University of Sydney. Dita, thanks for joining us on the briefing. Uh, look, firstly, talk us through what exactly is a bed bug?
1: Uh, a, a bed bug is essentially a type of bug. One of the, what we call one of the true bugs, which means it's got sucking mouth parts. And it's an animal that's had a really long history of of living with and even evolving with humans. And it basically is um, a bug whose whose natural habitat nowadays seems to be be in and around our homes. And it's a bug that makes its living, eating blood from humans. It's one of its favorite things to do.
0: Yeah, we've all heard the saying, uh, sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. But are they most commonly found in the bed? Or can you find them on the
1: other areas? I think that's where we tend to encounter them the most. There's a school of thought that, the, that their evolution happened through um, um, coexisting with humans when they were sleeping. So I think when, when when people look at where they're coming from, they do you will find infestations in things like um, the little, um, the sidings on your walls and so on. But I think people tend to see them on their on their furnishings on their seats and in their beds in particular I think that's where they're most likely to, to be encountered. So they've got, they're pretty aptly named. They're, they're bugs and they like to hang around our bed.
0: And look, do they bite or sting Do you feel a level of discomfort from these bites?
1: Well, they bite, but they don't bite in the traditional sense because they belong to that family called the True Bugs or Nitro. They have a a type of mouth part called a sucking mouth part rather than than crunching or chewing one. So they don't actually chew us. This is a group of bugs that feed on plants and other animals and obviously humans too. And what they've got is basically a giant sort of sword-like mouth part, which they can then sort of inject into you and they'll suck it out. So they're literally, they suck the blood out. So they're not really biting in the, in the traditional sense of having, you know, chewing and doing what, what our teeth do. So it's coming from the mouth. They don't have a sting but it probably feels a bit like a sting and I, and I guess the issue is that what will happen is that when you do get fed on by a bed bug quite often it um, can be allergic reactions they'll be feeding on you there's not a lot of evidence of diseases being transmitted but it's Certainly, well, I mean, we, we call them a nuisance, but they're probably a little bit more than a nuisance, really.
0: Why do we think there's been such an enormous increase in numbers in Paris?
1: Yeah, look, the Paris thing's been been all the conversation in, in the tea room, really. It's a really interesting thing because um, one of the things that insects are really good at doing is responding to favourable um, climates and, and increasing the resources available to them. So there's a school of thought that these things are, are always here, always living with, with bedbugs in many ways. But this, this explosion in numbers seems to be driven by um, a couple of things. One of them is just climatic um, conditions suiting them. Probably the return of people, um, just having an increased number of people now using the spaces, the hotels and the like. That global movement means it's really easy for these animals to move all around the place because we're constantly going from hotel to hotel, from room to room. And so it's probably a couple of things. One is it could just be a natural bump in numbers because of the, uh, the summer that Europe's experienced and the extra numbers of people. The other thing is that um, we we tend to notice them more. There's a school of thought that we're actually just, one of the reasons they're on the tips of many people's tongues is just they've got this momentum in the media and people have realized that they exist. And you know, unless you've been bitten and you're really seeing a lot of them, you don't tend to notice that you're you're sharing your world with them. But I think people are hyper vigilant now for seeing them. And some of the, the social media things I've seen shared show pretty clearly that there's quite a few of them in quite a lot of places there. So It's probably a combination of factors It's both an increase in numbers due to conditions being really good for bed bugs and probably us being a lot more aware and probably having a look for them and and then sharing that stuff a little bit more.
0: Mm, Yeah, and speaking of home, do we have them here in Australia? What's our situation here compared to, say, Paris?
1: Oh, look, absolutely. We've got bedbugs, and and we'll have those little infestations, and it'll be quite localised. Sometimes, where if you just find, you know, if they get into one place and they start breeding up and breeding up in numbers, you'll find that certain hotels might have them. They, they don't tend to discriminate between five-star and one-star hotels. It's just it's just a function of basically having the people there and the place there. There are ideas that it's linked to um, types of laundry services and the things. Like that as well, but I think it's 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 really that they're definitely here. They're definitely a problem in hospitality. I think you wouldn't want to um, diminish that. I think if if you ask anyone, would you rather live with bed bugs or without them? You'd probably go, yeah, I don't really want them around me. But Look, I think they're a problem in Australia, it's a very, um, it gets very localised and it's probably just, you know, if once you get them in your, particularly in a, in a hotel where you've got lots of people coming through and um, high densities of people, and so there's a potential for the animals to get there and then the potential for them to exploit the resources there. Um, you've got to you know, get into control mode, I guess, and that opens up another world of um, challenge for people.
0: Yeah, speaking of control, is it actually possible to eradicate
1: them? There's probably two approaches to eradication. The old school chemicals are being seen as not really really what's desirable. So there's been a, a real push towards finding, I suppose, cleaner, highly targeted um, green chemicals, if you like, things that target the reproductive cycles of the bugs. So rather than killing them with a, a neurotoxin or a toxin that sort of really um, disables them and a lot of the bugs around them, there's ways that really target just stopping them being able to breed effectively. Um, the other approach has been physical removal and things like um, putting them out in the sun, putting, getting mattresses, putting them out in um, almost like Ziploc giant ziplock bags and trying to um, basically starve them out and have them die out that way has been one of the most effective techniques historically. But it's it's really difficult because you don't take it doesn't take many bed bugs to successfully start building up numbers again.
0: Yeah, it definitely sounds like it's a bit more complicated and not as simple.
1: I think they're probably going to help keep pest controllers in work simply because they're a really difficult thing to um, eradicate in the longer term. You know, the infestations are likely to keep coming while we've got people and the movement and the, and the beds. It's, a, it's you, know, you can do what you like, but essentially, I think you know they're a long history. I mean, there's, there's evidence of them coexisting with Egyptians from three and a half thousand years ago. They, they've got a long history of hanging out with people successfully, even though I don't think at any time we've really wanted them. And I think it's just one of those things that they'll take advantage of the resources when they're made available to them. Maybe.
0: Mm. and. Is it likely that an entire city is able to, I guess, bring them under control, especially before the Paris Olympics next year?
1: Look, I mean, that's a a massive question because the nihilist in me goes, I'll just deal with it. They're going to be here and there's going to be so many people doing so many things. It's going to be a terribly difficult thing to do. But the challenge is that the physical threat of the bedbugs and trying to remove them is one thing. And you can certainly try and, and put a lot of local practices in place to try and remove them. you can try um you know the chemical approaches you can try the removal approaches but i reckon the reality is you're going to get those people and you're going to get that, that, that movement and those um those resources there i think one of the things that people might have to do is just um do two things. One is probably realize that you live with them all the time. Perhaps try and manage the what's been described as a psychosis around them because people get serious mental illness problems with them where they develop this perception that the bugs are on them even if they're not. This is a, an authentic psychosis that people have to treat this belief that you've got insects feeding on you even when you don't and there's a, some of the evidence we've been exposed to as suggested that's a, a really significant theme emerging in Paris. But your question was, is Paris likely to get rid of them? I don't think eradication is possible. We've tried to eradicate an enormous number of things historically that have been pests. If you look at failures of of, you know whether it's you know foxes um toads, whatever eradication is very rarely a a goal that can be achieved it's a big challenge because it's got so much traction and that traction means that it's a problem in people's minds that you know has to be dealt with i think it's a really difficult one If, if there was an easy answer i can guarantee they're a hard um bug to celebrate in many ways
0: yeah definitely i guess it's just one of those stories that when you hear it it As you said, it almost (laughs) makes you start scratching at the thought as well. Um, But thank you so much for your time, Dita. Really appreciate your time on The Briefing.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Maddie.
0: That was Professor Dita Hockulai, an entomologist from the University of Sydney. And that's it for this extra episode of The Briefing. I'm Madeline Palmer. Tom and the team are back tomorrow from six.
1: Listener.